Are you reading and hearing all sorts of conflicting information about AI, artificial intelligence, and wondering what impact that might have on you? Well, welcome to AI for Creatives, a podcast by creatives for creatives, connecting you to the world of AI, Web3, blockchain, and beyond. Join our hosts, Camila Sanders and Nova Lorraine, as we explore new ways AI empowers creatives and highlight leading industry innovators utilizing amazing new tools to pave the way for our future. Get inspired and educated by fellow creatives revolutionizing the industry and exemplifying new ways to gain creative independence and sovereignty. We aim to preserve humanity in this fast evolving digital world and creatives are a powerful force to do that. Be a part of the conversation as we take the reins of AI and shape a positive narrative for our future. Welcome to another episode of AI for Creatives, where we look at the intersection of AI, creativity, and humanity. We are super passionate about delving into not only what's new in AI, but how do we use these solutions to keep human solutions first. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Camila Sanders. <laughs> I'm just laughing at myself because I literally just blanked <laughs> with that intro, but super excited to come together for another episode of AI for Creatives. We're going to be talking about the new release that everyone's talking about, Google's Gemini. And how does that compare with ChatGPT and why should we care? And we're then going to follow up with a conversation about jobs. Uh, we did an episode earlier this year called AI and Jobs, and we touched on the very positive outlook because we like to keep, you know, the perspective of the glass half full. But we are going to dive deeper into what we anticipate coming in, in this new year and what are some ways we can upskill? What are those areas most at risk um, for automation? And what do we do about all of this? So really excited to dive in. And, you know, before we turned on record, Camille and I were just talking about creatives are seeming to be at the forefront potentially um, with some of the innovations that we're seeing released on a daily and weekly basis, or are they? So Let's see if they're on the front line or not. Let's see if we can play nice together with these new tools as we dive into this episode. So for our new listeners, we usually start off with what we've been up to, and then we'll jump into the meaty topic of today's show. So Camilla, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Oh, I have just been and You know how they say life has been life and no. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm saying that, but I've just like, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, a ref it's always a reflective moment for me because I'm always thinking about goals and reevaluating things and just the culmination of everything that's going on. So we recently had a tornado here. Mm -hmm. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and it wasn't as it, well, I shouldn't say it wasn't as bad, but in 2020, we had like a hugely devastating tornado. Mm -hmm. And it's it's interesting when these things happen, but when they happen like right down the street from you, like I think the wow. one, it hit here and it was in a place like 20 minutes from where I live that I used to live. 
mm-hmm. and I have, you know, family and stuff that, that live over there, friends and things like that. So people, you know, lost some things with their businesses. Some people lost their houses. And it really made me reflect on when these natural disasters happen, nothing in the world matters. Mm. The only thing that really matters is community, mm. right? Mm. And then... um you start thinking about like COP28, right? And and all of these things that you know, like the world is changing. You know, we, we're talking about AI. We're talking about all these different things, just being immersed in technology and are we really connected with each other? And, you know, knowing that the world is changing and just it's kind of just evolving to this different place where we need community. And I've also been talking to a lot of clients Right now, building strategies, though I mentioned the strategy workshop, but I also am talking to clients about working one-on-one with them and helping them accomplish their vision Mm -hmm. to impact the world. And one of the things that I just said yesterday was like, you can't, not that, I didn't say it like this, but it's like, you can't do this alone. Mm. You need a community. You can only get so far working in a silo and working in a bubble by yourself. And that's Mm. why it's so important to get around like-minded people. It's just a community. If you have interests, if you're a creative, if you're a woman, a man, you know, whatever you're, whatever you identify with getting around people that either it's an organization or it's a collective or something like that. Like it's so important now to to just for your mental health, to advance whatever you're wanting to do, community is so important. And that's why I go back to the to the last episode too, because I know you're doing the House of Nova Collective and just spaces like that, it's, it's just so important. So that's kind of like I'm in this reflective moment with everything going around, going on. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I will absolutely agree with events like that really putting everything else on pause and, you know, giving us or forcing us to take those moments of reflection. And, you know, I lost a family member recently and as I was sitting there during the services, I was just like, wow, you know, this is what life is really about. And, you know, speaking of community, it's just that, you know, being around, close family and friends and, and sharing this moment, although it was a somber moment, I'm sharing this moment together with individuals that, you know, really care about you and your well-being, And, you know, as part of that whole notion of community and support and encouragement and empowerment is what drives me in terms of curating such incredible women such as yourself into the House of Nova Collective, where we can come together as sisters in entrepreneurship, where egos are left at the door. It's about sharing, supporting, um, you know, showing off our gifts, lending our gifts and our insight to each other, because we do want to create impact. We know that we have a greater purpose here. And sometimes the impact is just within the walls of our our home. And sometimes it's the neighborhood. Sometimes it's the town and it goes further and further and further for others. And so I echo that sentiment on the value that community brings and how much we should focus on this as we move into the, the new year to continue to reflect, do we have that support system? 
that can help amplify any of the things that we're trying to do. And so I love that. And in terms of what I've been up to, I just finished the final draft of The Jockey on the Horse, and it's coming out very, very soon. And you can do a pre-order if you want um, for the digital copy, and the physical copy will follow shortly. But The Jockey on the Horse is written for individuals that are really looking at ways to stay ahead and thrive in this new digital age. And as AI continues to be a bigger part of what we're seeing, not only on the news or our social feeds, but implemented within our our lives as it touches technology across the board, there's going to be a lot of impact. And I wanted to introduce a book that would help, that will help individuals prepare for that impact and create resilience through any of the, you know, what could be seen as downturns of this new era of digitization and automation and to look at their lives, their careers, you know, and how do they future-proof themselves. And so it's a really practical book that gives you not only the insight around AI, the industries, how they're being impacted, but more importantly, what to do with that information, how to upskill and how to really bolster your well-being as we move into these these very interesting times. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, super excited about that book. <laughs> yeah, so excited, excited. So that's what I've been up to. So let's let's jump in. We are looking at Google's Gemini. Right. Everyone's like, did you hear about the Gemini? Did you hear about Gemini? Did you hear about Yes. (laughs) And then, of course, what do we think? So we're going to be talking about the new and improved Gemini and all the buzz and why should we care? How does it compare to ChatGPT? And then I think what's really pertinent is this is just another advancement in this technology. And how does that impact jobs? And so. Yeah, let's dive in. What do you think? Have you had a chance to check it out? Play around? Well, obviously, we can't play around with it. It's not coming out until early 2024, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But what do you think about what it can do? Yeah, it's really interesting. And a lot of people are excited and saying this is, you know, represents the future of AI, uh, you know, LM. LM, large language models. And so the interesting thing about Google Gemini is that it is multimodal, meaning that it, with its launch, it's working with images, video, and audio. So we always talk about um, the text to, you know, you put an input text and it comes out, spits out text. But uh, one of the demos that I saw is that basically a person is asking the AI questions and they're, the video, they're drawing something and the AI is saying, oh, you're drawing this. Oh, here's some information about the duck that you're drawing, you know? So, it, so it's basically talking to you and using audio, video, and images. And that's the output that it does. It always makes me, I always go to um, augmented reality, right? <laughs> And so it it makes me think of, oh, okay, there's going to be, this is really big because now 
Um, with this type of AI, think about putting this in like some smart glasses and, and your assistant is in your smart glasses and they're saying, oh, well, this, you know, looks like this or what about this thing or what kind of fruit is this? And it's, it, well, it's this, you know. So I think it is a huge advancement. That is good. The other thing that is interesting is that it's able to code. So as in it knows how to code, which is which is interesting because from what I've heard with that is that if AI can code, it can start to create its own programming or it can it can develop itself, right? <laughs> and right. so that makes it really interesting. But I don't know, what are, what are your thoughts on it? Well, you know, I, I see AI as an assistant, a collaborator, and would like it to continue to be a technology that aids us and amplifies what we're doing as opposed to not being aligned <laughs> with wanting to help humans and, and, and seeing the demo video, it does really come to life. AI does really come to life as an assistant. You're having this conversation, it's interpreting, it's telling you what it's seeing, what it thinks that it is. Uh, it's joking. So there's some personality in there. So, in you know, one of our earlier episodes, we talked about the future of AI and we had mentioned this, right? We, I think a couple episodes, we were saying some of the tools that we've been using for a while, Alexa is one that comes to mind, is going to have a punchier personality, right? A little spicier personality. And that... Grok, right? <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't even had a chance to like dive deep into Grok yet. So, but this is an example when we're looking at this demo video, it's, it's you know, it's joking a little bit and... I think it really advances the space in terms of bringing this idea of this multimodal assistant to life. Now, so throughout the last year, year and a half, I've been using different modalities to accomplish different things, as you had shared, right? So you're going over here for your video, you're going over here for your slide presentation, you're going over here for images, and then you go to ChatGPT for text-to-text or similar like Anthropics, Claude, Claude one or two. And of course you have your other competitors, your Bard and your Bing co-pilot. Um, so you have these options, but now with Gemini and then of course ChatGPT, we're going to talk about that in more detail, has, you know, it weaves together the different modalities within one with Dolly and it's, I believe, voice whisperer. And, um, but Gemini out the box is, is being introduced as this fully embodied multimodal large language model. And from the jump, you can have conversation. It can interpret and create either text, image, or video. Uh, and then, of course, add the audio. Now what we're waiting for, I guess, is smell and touch, right? <laughs> we were talking about that earlier in the year. So it does bring us closer to that point. And I think it's fascinating. I'm still... I would like to play with it to get a sense of what are the most valuable use cases that I can use it for and where it's going to impact um, in terms of industries. I love the idea around the hardware as it relates to your AR, XR glasses like an Apple Vision Pro. And then you have the metaverse 
right? We're, we're getting closer to 3D modeling in real time, you know, with the advancements of these language learning models. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I would still like to, with all of this excitement around the advancements, see conversations around the guardrails. And so I'd like to see that happen hand in hand. And yeah, so that's my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, it's interesting because if you think of chat GPT, it's learning from like all the data, right? All mm-hmm. the data on the internet. And this, because it has visual and it has audio, it has the capability of learning from what's happening in real life, real time. And that's really interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. even even like when you see something it's it's really about your perception of what it is because you're kind of guessing like if i see something far away i'm like oh that's a truck or something you know like this is happening but it's like how do you deduce i don't know i i think it's interesting that it would it can learn from what you know audio video you know all these um different things mm, that's true but what does that mean, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm sure it's a great thing, but just interesting. And you did speak about what the regulation is. So the EU just released a regulation on artificial intelligence. Won't take place until I think about 2025, 20, but it's a lot more. We talked about what Biden passed in the US and mm-hmm. that was more like, guidance. Mm -hmm. This is more law and it has different things on different scales. So Mm -hmm. for example, it talks about like facial recognitions and you can't control people's behavior, you know, like you can't have a doll with AI in it that's going to, you know, say certain things to kids or put things in people's mind. Mm -hmm. But you Mm -hmm. can do like, you can do chat GPT and self-driving as long as it's open source and people know how it works and people you're saying that okay this is not a human responding so people don't think that it's responding so it's just kind of represents one of the most strenuous things that are out there or one of the only things that are out there Mm. Um, and it's specific to the eu so the question comes up with if you are developing something do you do it there or do you do it somewhere else or you know, so it's it's good to see that some regulation is coming out, but yeah, I yeah I agree, and I think we saw that play out in the blockchain space as well, right? As we were recording our for our previous podcast, crypto for creatives, how there were regions that had more friendly policies and regulations than others, and we saw the dramatic increase in startups and investor flow in those areas that had lighter regulations. (laughs) And I feel this is even more crucial as it relates to AI. And I love the fact that we're thinking about and talking about our children, because when we talk about privacy and security, you know, oftentimes it doesn't always trickle back down to the immediate impact of children and something as simple as a doll having AI, you know, where you have robots that are being integrated with generative AI, how is that? Well, of course, in appearance, but a mechanized doll is in essence a robot, right? So it's it's looking at what are the implications down the line? 
And how do we, again, create these guardrails, you know, having the conversation open up with, I'm just AI, I'm not human, or closing it out with, you can take my advice, you don't have to, I'm AI, I'm not human, I think also helps reinforce that distinction. So we're not just blindly giving away our power and thinking, really, in terms of we're just going to become complacent with our skill sets, with our knowledge, because it can be spoon fed or, you know, in either direction. I think that's something that's important as we look long term and we look at the ethics, you know, besides just the excitement around the technology. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah. And I um, actually met a founder the other day that is working on a product that will be able to authenticate whether it's someone's actual voice, like for musicians, or mm. it's someone's actual image. Cause you know, we always talk about deep fakes, mm. you know? And so this, I think in the future, and it, it it's really promising that there's people that are developing solutions for a lot of these things that are happening now. So we talk about deep fakes and you, I think we uh, talked about, you know, musicians and their voice being duplicated and right. their people's images, you know, influencers that are digital. And how do you know if this is real or not? And this person, their company is, is creating a solution that is going to help to authenticate that. And so that is possible in the future that if you do have intellectual property, that you can create something on the blockchain that authenticates that. So people know that that's you, you know, and that's kind of probably what we're going to have to be doing going forward. Yeah. So interesting. I think it's going to be needed, you know, and I think it's also going to help creatives and artists where they can distinguish the works that they're, that they're developing with human collaboration versus, I guess, not. And I think that's also something that we should keep in mind as we move forward is looking at the side-by-side relationship. The, you know, the book that I'm writing, The Jockey on the Horse, where it's, you need both. Like, in order to win the race, you need the jockey and you need the horse. The jockey can't walk the race and the horse is guided by the jockey and trained by the jockey for this particular purpose. And so I, I think that with AI, looking at ways such as this authentication, innovation on the blockchain and others to allow us to move forward without, with the least amount of harm, <laughs> use the technology to move forward with the least amount of harm, you know, to humanity. So I want to just touch on some of the differences with Gemini, Google's Gemini versus OpenAI's ChatGPT that really took the world by storm this year is that if you've used ChatGPT and you've listened to and or have been listened to their recent announcement or have been um, playing with it as of late, you know that it's lengthened the amount of actual tokens or words that you can have as input and that has expanded a lot of use cases for the technology. And so out the box, Gemini Pro will have a smaller context window. So comparatively, you have 32,000 in terms of the size of its context versus 128,000 for ChatGPT4's most recent model. And also with OpenAI being out and around for a lot longer in terms of users and developers, it has a bigger developer community. 
And so when we look at adoption and you look at the developers that are using a technology to create useful applications so the end user can use it, you know, Gemini is coming from a disadvantage. But with it coming out the box as a multimodal large language model, we'll see if it catches up or not as it relates to the size of its developer ecosystem. So I thought that was really interesting as well. Yeah, it is. <laughs> there, I mean, there's so many different LLMs. There's so many different AIs that are, you know, out there. So it's it's really interesting how it's almost like a race, <laughs> which one's going to be better and yeah. what are the new features that are going to come out and, you know, all that. So it's, it's exciting. <laughs> yes. Very, very exciting. So with the excitement, there's some worry and fear around how does this impact me? Will it take my job? Is my job at risk? And let's just stare it in the face. Let's have this conversation. And we've recorded a previous episode around this, but what we're going to share with you today is, you know, what are those ways that you can upskill? What are some of the emergent roles and What's front line for automation? So in terms of numbers, again, I like using numbers to kind of give perspective. We have about 85 million jobs being poised for automation by 2025. We'll see if that plays out, but that was by the World Economic Forum that was put out. And we see about 800 million global workers that could potentially be displaced by automation come 2030. And on the more positive side, we see newly created jobs in the amount of 97 million to offset that 85 million within that time frame as it relates to new roles being created by 2025. So we have, of course, the loss, we have the creation of new, but across the globe, we're going to see this disruption. So let's talk about some of the emergent roles and who do we feel is most at risk, least at risk? Do you want to jump in here? Yeah, I almost like to think of it as an evolution because Mm -hmm. I mean, we know like there's going to be jobs that are lost. We know that there's going to be jobs that are gained. We know that with all the AI that's out, a lot of creative industries are affected because a lot of what we, a lot of things is like those everyday, you know, whether it's creating copy or it's creating music or it's creating graphics, like it does have to do with creatives. But I think it's more of an evolution or even if you think about like the industrial revolution mm-hmm. and how that revolutionized jobs, right. but Now we're in this AI revolution that changes things. So I really think, and you know, some of the things that we, I think are going to be affected are more of the mundane tasks like administrative assistance. I mean, obviously with, you know, ChatGPT and a lot of these LLMs, we're seeing that, you know, we kind of can use them as assistants, right? Right. And so I think that that's definitely those entry-level jobs, perhaps in like a creative agency or a marketing department, that is going to be one of the jobs that goes away. Now, if we're talking about people that like now, you know, I used to be in corporate, used to be in marketing departments. Now I focus on a lot of entrepreneurs and founders. I think that this is going to allow people to scale 
in levels that they couldn't. So it's all how you think about it. If you're an illustrator and you do these detailed illustrations for a client, then that's great. But is there a way that you can create something that takes less time that maybe uses AI, but you can sell that in scale? So I think it's me more of a mindset shift sometimes when you, when you talk about creatives. Um, but what other jobs are you seeing that you think are going to be eliminated? Yeah, I think, you know, as you said, with an evolution or some may call it a revolution, <laughs> we're going to see changes and it's inevitable. And so I agree with you, definitely administrative assistance. We, you know, as it relates to accounting, investment advice, like basic investment advice and legal advice, you know, I feel like those, those areas are going to be tapped into sooner than later. And cashiers are already seeing less and less human cashiers and in the supermarkets, but then there's also experiments with cashierless stores, completely cashierless stores. And I think that's going to become more of the norm with, and I personally like human <laughs> connection. I like having someone to talk to, ask questions, say, hello, how are you? Have those conversations. Others may just want to get in and out and that's fine. And I, I just feel that there are going to be brands that are going to see the opportunity to service the niche part of the population that still wants that human touch. And so we're going to see an emergence of more cashier less retail outlets. And then we're going to see more and more companies let go of your lower level and administrative assistant roles and replace those with technology. But then you still need the individual that can really learn and adapt with the tool and get the most out of the tool. So I think that you're going to see an increase in those levels as it relates to administration. And then it may be the, the prompting engineer or the individual that has an extremely high level of EQ skills that are doing more of the human to human interface or uh, coming up with new ideas as it relates to the mundane task, as you shared earlier around filing and email outreach and things like that. But you're going to need those that are guiding and curating and editing. I think those skills are are going to creep up. And then I think that what we thought was safe were these knowledge careers, high knowledge careers, and it would be the factory workers that would be more at risk where it's, we've seen the reverse, right? We've seen automation and creating videos and creating art and, and sketching and 3D modeling, 3D design, you know, these technical skills, graphic design that we thought were protected, music, creating music, we thought were protected, but then also your, again, your lower line, first tier medical advice, legal advice, accounting advice, you know, these things, investment advice that are being automated through these large language models. And so that I think was a surprise to a lot of people this year. Is that whoa, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> wait one second, you know, marketing communication tasks and companies downsizing from 10 to four, a team of 10 to four, you know, in months um, after introducing these tools in-house. And that I think is going to continue to increase. I think on the flip side, though, when we look at creatives and we look at medicine and, and legal, 
you know, you're going to need your judges, you're going to need your surgeons, you're going to need your more high touch specialized individuals, practitioners that you can't replace, at least immediately. And nursing is one of those areas The nurses are critical in our health ecosystem. I think that's going to increase. I think you're going to see more physician's assistants, not only because the number of doctors going to med school is coming down, but as the co-collaborators with the AI, I think veterinary care is going to be um, hard to replace, at least initially with, again, your more hands-on skill sets. And so I think those individuals that decide to look the horse in its mouth, start learning the schools, see the skills, start seeing where the tools can add benefit, are going to future-proof their careers and future-proof their workspaces. Because if they see as administrative assistant, oh, I may be replaced, maybe I upskill with the tools, so I become the co-collaborator on the team. Or I choose to start my own business, and therefore my job loss doesn't have such a big impact. Or I move directly into the technology industry and start a new career. So I think like just paying attention and sort of looking ahead to see what's more at risk is going to help those individuals that are on that potential front line prepare themselves to be able to pivot or advance within their industry or upskill with the tools themselves. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about, you know, starting your own business. Well, it's interesting because now we see like the gig economy and the creator economy and a lot of people just don't do one thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that, it's like, okay, well, even, and it, and it usually is like the jobs that are, you know, not paying as well, but the person has to make ends meet. And so they're doing, they're driving Uber or whatever that is. And so it's it's really interesting, like, how is that going to affect people now that we're moving to this gig economy or this creator economy where now I can go on YouTube and work really hard on my content and actually make money from that? So it's kind of you see things shifting and then you think about the human aspect of it that AI cannot replace. You mentioned nurses and surgeons, and there's a critical, there's an analytical part of that that maybe AI can help with robotics and identifying where this, you know, what's actually going on. But there's a human component where the nurse talks to you and they smile at you and they touch you, you know what I'm saying? And so there's, they deliver something in a certain way because they're human and they're compassionate. And so if you think about that, that's how whatever those type of positions where you need humans in those areas. And I guess as a creative, I'm like, think about what are those different things that you do or that you can lean into where you cannot be replaced as far as your human aspect. And for me, that might be like, you know, events, like there may be parts to automate, like the advertising and things like that, or, you know, use AI for, but the actual interaction with people, that's not really going to be replaced. And I mean, we keep saying replaced, but really, you know, I really like your point that AI cannot work without people. (laughs) Like AI needs inputs, right? And we are the input. And so it's like, how do you work along with AI, whether that's upscaling you 
or how do you put AI into your workflow and really use it to enhance what you're doing in your business or your organization. And that's where we're going to see, like, like you mentioned, like these companies are looking at AI and they're looking at productivity and they're looking at how do we integrate that. And so for, for someone that is listening to this podcast, obviously you're a learner, you're interested in AI. And so taking this knowledge and saying, you know, raising your hand and saying, hey, I can do this or or I learned about this, they're going to see you as like that person that knows you're going to be, you know, so so that's actually one way to if you're if you're helping people innovate and you're leading in this way, which I think all of our listeners are really leaders and adopters, you know, early adopters, then don't be afraid to like speak out about that because I think that that's where the world is moving and that's how you kind of get ahead is like embracing it and teaching others about it. I love that you said don't be afraid to speak out and participate and have your voice heard. I think that is so so important as a point to to drive home because these are tools. We're introducing these tools, the innovators, the developers, the inventors are introducing it with the purpose of helping us, right? Helping humans. And so when when we are bringing a perspective that is unique to the engineer, the inventor, the innovator, and we challenge that or we say, okay, that's great. That's a, you know, the hammer is great. Um, I love how you can use it for nails, but I don't think we should be bringing it around glass because it's going to, you know, break the glass. So let's just keep it away from these fragile items and just use it. So I think it's really important to challenge ourselves as the users, as the creators, innovators that are and builders of these technologies on these ethical questions. I want to just touch on some of the jobs that we feel will be emerging. And you brought up events. I love that because as individuals feel more disconnected, they, they crave to be around humans and that's going to be through events. There's been a surge of conferences worldwide post-pandemic where individuals want to be around other humans. If you go to Times Square and walk down the street in the Broadway district, the streets are packed. People are seeing shows. They, they're going to concerts. They're going to conferences. They're going to coffee shops. There aren't enough coffee shops opening to, <laughs> to accommodate the individuals that want to be around other people. So that is a space where there's opportunity also, we're, we're looking at just the d- roles that are directly impacted with AI, AI trainers, explainers, those that are able to interpret and, and explain how machine learning works. Um, AI ethics, we were just talking about that, being a champion of creating these ethical codes and digital frameworks that align with human principles, conversational interface designers, where these are individuals that have a gift of language and communication and can help create these more intuitive dialogues with chatbots. We have avatar programmers, you know, going into the 2D and 3D avatar space where we're creating digital twins, fictional characters, and alter egos. There are going to be individuals that are needed for that. Um, We have the automation of consultants, right? So these human coaches are still very much needed, even with the introduction of automation. We still want to see or hear a human voice. 
as we're looking for guidance. So yes, that first line of attack is great. We're using it already with Google and Alexa and all these other tools, ChatGPT, et cetera. But that human coach, that human personal trainer, that human mentor is still something that's very much valued. We have, of course, augmented reality architects that are building these immersive environments. And we haven't even touched on quantum. I think we got to have to need, we need to do a whole separate episode on quantum machine learning, which is really going to turn things on its head. So those are some directly related roles in terms of anticipated opportunities that are coming with AI that are new and or haven't emerged yet. And then as we look at other industries, I'll just touch on a couple and and feel free to to jump in here. Um, Food and hospitality, people still want to be served by humans and they want to have a conversation. They want to look someone in the eye. Um, If they're sitting in a restaurant, of course, a lot of people use home delivery. That's one thing. But when you're going out to a restaurant or a hotel or a retreat or a resort, you want to see other humans. So the hospitality space, I feel in terms of your staffing, you're going to still see a lot of roles retained. Of course, some will be uh, replaced with automation, but I think you're going to see a lot of roles replaced. And in the food industry, it's going to be interesting as we see these robots being developed in terms of helping with basic cooking It'll be, it'll be interesting to see, but you still are going to need cooks for a good minute <laughs> and, you know, your, your chefs, your artisans. So I think there's going to be a rise of more highly specialized niche talents and skills. And then the everyday ones will be automated, I believe. Yeah. And I completely second the episode for quantum yeah. <laughs> mechanics for sure. Yeah. Um, I would love to take a deep dive into that. Yeah. This is really interesting <laughs> because you're, you're kind of getting a theme of what are the human interactions? What are the things that you do or what are the pieces of you as a creative that are human that you can advance with or that you can really lean into. Right. Absolutely. And then, you know, as, as a creative, if you're in the film and TV industry there, obviously we've seen how some of the strikes have recently played out where actors are coexisting with AI, you know, camera operators are still very much needed producers and directors, you know, those that are leading the art of storytelling, project management across the board, across industries, I think is going to continue to increase. And then real actors, of course, we have the ability to replicate humans right now (laughs) as it relates to AI and avatars, but we still want a human story of an individual that we're inspired by, but aspired to be as well. And so your entertainers and actors, those especially that are doing live performances, but then those behind the camera that have a personality and a history and a journey that others can relate to is going to be, you know, still needed. And we'll see how that, how, how the human actors coexist with digital avatars. It's going to be really interesting as we're seeing more digital influencers rise up from the fold. So those are some things, some some areas, and you know we can touch on it some more as we move into the new year and some other episodes. But I think that's a good overview in terms of what to expect and areas of opportunity and 
you know, what we recommend is really to look at how you can upskill with the technology. And these soft skills are still really important as it relates to EQ and communication and language, editing, curation. You know, these are things that are going to still be very much in need. Yeah. And just a note on, you know, you have mentioned a lot of like technical positions. I think we're also seeing like the decentralization of education where there's a lot of free classes like from Harvard or Stanford on a lot of AI tech coding, you know, we're seeing that. Um, And we're also seeing a lot of tech schools that are just like, hey, take these classes (laughs) six months Mm -hmm. and you get these tech jobs right away that make six figures. So if you're looking in that direction, there's definitely resources out there if you you're you know willing to to study that that is definitely a path and then also i would say for creatives cuz we're also talking about upskilling for them whether it's you know really not being entry level or staying entry level in your craft but really upskilling to the point where you can take this data or you can take ai and actually give an output that cannot be you know replaced it's always, it's about surrounding yourself with forward thinking people and the right people in your industry that are doing new and innovative things where you can learn from. Because I'm going to take it back like a couple of years or a few years ago, like that was the, the huge thing where, you know, technology, the reason why people know so much about this, because we're all in these different conversations about, oh, well, this person's doing this. And how does how does this work? And, you know, we're just in these right communities. So I think that that is very important part of upskilling is that you're reading books <laughs> like the jockey and the horse. Um, and you're having these thoughtful conversations with your community and you're getting around those community members that are talking about innovative things in your industry because it's moving fast. And I think that we have to interact with each other to keep up with how fast it's moving. Because even now, I'll get an email or I'll get something on social media, but I already heard about it from you know mm-hmm. somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's moving so fast. It's just really important to get in, in those right communities to upskill what you're doing. 100%. I'm just let, let that be the final points of the podcast. <laughs> I love those final points. This was great. And I, I do look forward to touching on this in our next recordings because I think it's very pertinent and, you know, a lot of people are worried. But I love how you brought up that the technology space in and of itself is an area of opportunity and there are free resources to learn, you know, from home remotely for free in order to also build those technical skills to directly go into a whole new industry. So I think that's a powerful statement. And this is a great place to wrap up AI for Creatives. Hope you took away a lot of value points. Please feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or ideas in terms of what you want to cover. Actually, one of our producers really wanted us to dive back into AI and jobs, and that's why we're doing this show today. So if there's a topic that you'd like us to cover, please let us know. You can connect with us through pinkkangaroo.com, and that's kangaroo with the U, and uh, reach out to us there, and we'd be happy to take your suggestions. And I, again, I am Nova Lorraine, one of your co-hosts, and 
This is Camila Sanders. And this is AI for Creatives, exclusively brought to you by the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. Thank you so much. And until next time, ciao. Bye.